without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the word. I, um, I'm going to be talking about something, a few things that is going to tie into the theme of grow. And I do have quite a few scriptures to hit here and there, but stay with me. It's going to all make sense here in a little bit. But let's go ahead to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, if you've got your Bible. I want to I talk to you guys about grace, the grace of God. I want to talk to you about grow in grace. Grow in grace. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. I want you to pay attention to what it says. Grow in grace and knowledge. You can't truly operate in grace without knowledge. They are both very closely connected to each other. Some of you believe that. The more that you grow in knowledge, the more powerful the grace can flow through you. Because how can you truly operate in grace without understanding what grace wants to do? All right. Amen. If we could, uh, I know we still got the table and stuff going on, but we're going to pray and then we're going to go ahead and jump into the word here. And uh, I believe that God is going to help somebody in Jesus name. Let's go ahead and pray. If you could just lift your hands one more time and open your spirit. Open your heart to the presence of God, to the name of Jesus. I know that most of you already have. But let's open our heart to receive the engrafted word that has the power to save our souls. Lord, right now, by the authority of the word and the power that's in the name of Jesus, I pray and command that the spirit of revelation, the spirit of truth, would enter into every mind and heart that is in this place. I pray that a faith would be an operation to receive what you want to do in our hearts and minds right now. God, we open our spirits to you because we are hungry to grow. We are hungry to go deeper. We are hungry to go to new places. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that a spirit of revelation a spirit of understanding would be loosed in the house in the name of Jesus. We receive it in the name of Jesus and command that your will would be done here in this place as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, clap your hands unto God if you believe he's going to give you revelation today and help you in the name of Jesus. I believe he could fill people with the Holy Ghost today. I believe that some of you are going to walk out with new understanding and revelation and some of you are going to walk out different than the way you came in. I believe that in Jesus' name. Amen. I give honor to all these wonderful, awesome men of God. It's an absolute honor to labor among them and with them in the kingdom. I give honor to you for being here. And most importantly, I give honor to the pastor and his family. And uh, pastor is actually preaching at Antioch West today. That's why he's not with us this morning. But of course, he'll be here tonight. So be here at six o'clock. You can be seated if you want. The, t- the scripture tells us that you've got to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe very strongly that here, all throughout the scriptures, you will find where grace and knowledge are very closely tied together. That as you grow in grace, you've got to also grow in knowledge because knowledge is what gives you the understanding to grow in grace. It's what gives you the ability to step out and do things you've never done and to let God to speak to you and to God to lead you and God to take you into new places. You've got to have knowledge with grace. Some of you might say, well, what is grace? Isn't it just the unmerited favor of God on a life? That is partly true, but it's not completely true when we hear bishop and pastor talk about it all the time. That the true definition of grace is divine influence upon the heart. It literally means when God empowers you to be different than what you are. When God empowers you to do things you've never done. When God empowers you to say things you've never said. That is what grace is. Grace is when God comes upon you and he begins to move you you when God begins to come upon you and you begin to step out in faith I feel God already and we just getting started grace is when God begins to prepare you and push you into places that's what grace is literally the Greek word means divine influence upon the heart it literally means God is pushing you God is empowering you God is enabling you and God is sending you 
That is what grace truly is. And so the Bible tells us that when you really get a hold of God, when you really get filled with the Holy Ghost, when you really get baptized in Jesus' name, then the grace of God will begin to guide you. The grace of God will begin to lead you. And then you'll begin to do things you've never thought was possible. But the problem is grace is not possible without knowledge because knowledge is what teaches you how to step out. Knowledge is what teaches you how to flow with grace. Knowledge is what has to be working with grace. And if you don't believe me, watch this in the scriptures. It says it in, I'm skipping already to some stuff. Second Peter 1, 3, which is just a few verses, be- or excuse me, a few chapters before 3.18 that says grow in grace and knowledge. This is a few chapters before. This is Peter. And he says in Second Peter 1, verse 3, according as his divine power. What's his divine power? Come on, preach with me. What is it? Hallelujah. There it is. His divine power, grace, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Watch this. Through, through the knowledge of him that called us unto glory and virtue. The divine power can sit upon you. The divine power can work in you. But it can only work through knowledge. Oh, Jesus. That's why it matters for me to pick up my Bible and begin to study. That's why it matters for me to pay attention to the preacher. That's why it matters when I walk into the house of God with my spirit open. Because God is trying to give you more grace, but you need more knowledge if you're going to walk in more grace. He gives us grace, divine power upon us to be who we were, who we never were, to take us from our sin and to make us into a new creature. And grace wants to take us there, but we got to understand what God is doing to take us there. Oh, I feel like preaching. God is trying to help somebody to see you can have all the grace God wants to give you, but you got to get hungry for the knowledge of God. You've got to get hungry and get your nose in the Bible. You gotta get hungry and see. God wants to give me something powerful. But it's up to me to make a decision. We think that grace works like this. This is how we think grace works. Alright, God, if you want me to pray and study, then it will happen. God, if you want me to pray, you're gonna wake me up and translate me to the prayer room and I'll be talking in other tongues and the angels are gonna be there, but it's gonna be if you wake me up. It doesn't work like that. In fact, grace and knowledge can't even work without faith. Faith is the beginning of it all. Faith is the start of it all. Faith is the foundation of it all. If there's no faith, there'll be no knowledge and no grace because faith drives me to do things. It it makes a decision. It makes a commitment. It makes me do things. Faith. When I have faith, faith is not a mental assent. Faith is not just a thought. Faith is a decision. Faith is a choice. When God came to Noah and he said, I want you to build a boat and uh, I want you to get everybody on there because there's a flood coming. Faith in so, man, that's powerful. I can't wait for the boat to fall down in my front yard. I'm being funny, but it's how we think. It's how we think. Oh, if God wants this to happen, then he'll make it happen. No, God won't make it happen until you first make a decision and then he comes behind you and empowers you. You got to have faith first. Faith is the foundation of everything. You've got to choose and make a decision and step out and say, I want this to happen. If you want revelation from God, you've got to pick up your Bible and open it and start reading it. And as you start reading it, grace kicks in and there starts to be a flow. And God starts showing you things you've never seen. God starts speaking to you. God starts showing you prophecies and revelations. And Logos becomes Rhema. But it cannot happen until you pick up your Bible and you have faith that says, I'm going to receive revelation. It's faith that drives me. It's not that it drives me and makes me do it. It's that that is what I'm using to do something. My faith causes me to act. That's true faith. True faith is a decision. Is this making any sense? 
We're talking about a few terms here. We're talking about faith. Faith is everything that we need in order to believe, but not only believe, but to step out and and to do and to be. That's faith. But faith, then when I have my faith and I put it in God's grace or in God's spirit and God's empowerment, then he begins to work in me. Then he begins to do something that I can't even understand. But it's because I first had faith in it. Don't tell me you have faith if you never open your Bible and and you say, well, if God's going to give me revelation, he'll give it to me. Don't tell me you have faith in prayer if you never go to the prayer room, shut the door and get alone with God all by yourself and begin to cry out to him and begin to pray. Because it's in that moment that grace begins to kick in, but not till you go to the prayer room, not till you open up your mouth, not till you begin to pray and begin to let the spirit flow. That is when grace empowers you. Oh, I want to be involved in all these different ministries. Do you have faith for it? Well, if they really want me, then they'll come get me. That's not faith. Faith says, I want to get my hands dirty. I want to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost. I want to see God do something in somebody's life. Faith says, I'm going to get myself in a ministry. And then God's going to do something. That's faith. But you see, there has been this misunderstanding that has wrecked the church. This misunderstanding of God in his ways because they're higher than our ways. And the way God operates is, yes, there's such thing as timing. But let me tell you what. At Antioch Central, the timing is now. There is a moment like never before at Antioch Central. And if you get involved and step out in faith, grace would begin to empower you. Grace would begin to empower you, but you got to step into that Bible study. You've got to step into that ministry. You got to come early for prayer. You got to open up your Bible. And that's when God's grace, God's supernatural empowerment will begin to move on you. Hosea 4, 6 says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee. That comes straight out of the word, Hosea 4, 6. God was mad with the Israelites because they forsake, they had forsaken the law. They had gotten so intertwined with the Philistines, so intertwined with the world and with the other surrounding nations that God was so frustrated because if they had knowledge, his grace could protect them. His grace could lead them. His grace could do something through them. But when they forsake the law, when they got rid of the knowledge, that's when God got frustrated. God is looking for you to get hungry for his knowledge. There's got to be a desire upon you. The Bible says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That is grace. It is God who worketh in you. You guys know this scripture. You've heard it a billion times. It is God who worketh in you. It's his grace that empowers you. And I just showed you that it says his divine power, his grace hath given us all things. Do you have faith in that? That his grace has given us all things. Say he's given me all things. Through the knowledge the more hungry you get for knowledge. That's what I'm going to say something right here. Some of you might disagree with because some of you, well, I want you to understand this. There's, there's some of you out there that have a lot of knowledge. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Some of you out there have a lot of knowledge. But I'm going to tell you what sometimes happens for, for some of these guys. I'll tell you what. It's not that they're more special than you. And I'm not saying that they have more knowledge than you. Some of you are probably right there with them, whatever. But you got to understand that when God starts raising people up, it's because they get hungry for grace to empower them. They get hungry for knowledge and then knowledge begins to become action. And as grace begins to empower them, they begin to understand what God is speaking and how God operates and what God does in a life. And when you begin to understand the knowledge of the word, the understanding of the word, and you begin to let the knowledge lead you and guide you through grace empowering you, that's when you begin to see miracles. That's when you begin to say prayers that you never thought you could say. That's when you start seeing your whole community be shaken up with the gospel. That's when you begin to see something different happen in your church. And let me remind you that on Thursdays, we are starting something so you can have more knowledge. But here's the revelation. The level of knowledge you have is going to be equal 
about the same the amount of grace you operate in. Is that okay? The amount of knowledge you have is going to be equal to the amount of grace you operate in. Because there's areas of grace that God is trying to push you into that you don't understand. But as soon as you understand in the word what God is saying, then all of a sudden you begin to step into places and see things and experience things that you couldn't even imagine. But here's the, here's the other revelation. You ready? Grace is dependent upon knowledge. But watch this. You can have knowledge and no grace. I said you can have knowledge and no grace because grace still is a decision. It's faith operating where I'm making a decision to allow God to empower me. I can have all the knowledge of the world and sit uh, sit in my uh, library and do nothing all day, all the time with all this knowledge, all this understanding, all this revelation if I don't get out and have faith to do something. Grace is dependent upon the level of knowledge. That's how much grace will operate. But you can have tons of knowledge and not operate in grace because that's a decision. Is that making any sense? You've got to understand that this thing, grace, and this thing, knowledge, if you will marry the two in your life, there is no telling what God will do in this church, what God is going to do in your life individually and collectively. What God will do when you begin to marry knowledge and grace together every single day. I wake up and say, God, lead me by your grace. I crack open my word. I listen to some preaching. I allow God to give me some more meat so I can begin to grow. And then I also grow in grace because I step out in the knowledge that God has just given me. Oh, Jesus. I step out in the knowledge that God has given me. I read in the scriptures that Jesus laid hands on the sick and they recovered. I walk into work and I see somebody who is hurting. I see somebody who has a broken foot and all of a sudden grace begins to operate. Grace begins to say, lay hands and pray for them. It's that simple because I read it in the word and my faith mixed with what the word was saying that when God begins to begins to prick my heart and God begins to push me, then I step out in faith and God's grace works and they get healed because the grace of God is God's divine power through you. It's available. It's available. Not everybody is called to preach. It does not. You don't have to operate in grace as a preacher. God needs you to operate in grace as in the medical field, as somebody who's a teacher. God needs you to operate in grace just as you are at your job in the corporation. No matter where you are, God needs you to operate in grace. That's when this world will be shaken. I want you to see something here. I know we're starting out a little slow, but I want to help you. Second Peter 1 3 says this according as his divine power grace as I have shown you hath given to us all things that pertain unto life and the godliness through knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Watch this verse four whereby we are given unto he is given unto us great and precious promises. Hello. Anybody got some precious promises? Stay stay with me. Stay with me in the word here. That by these things, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Grace is giving you the ability to walk in the divine nature that he has placed on you through baptism in Jesus' name. And when you receive that, you have escaped the corruption of this world through lust. Not only does grace lead you, grace protects you. Not only does grace take you into great places, but it protects you from the influence of the world if you have faith in it. If you decide to walk in it, it will protect you from the things of this world, the lust, the things that come against you. And besides this, verse 5, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue knowledge. It's right there. So faith and knowledge, boom, you see it right at the bottom, or excuse me, at the top, really. That's the beginning. Let's start with the bottom. That's the beginning. Add to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, right there in the beginning. And to knowledge, temperance. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. Watch this. Somebody please hear me. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There again, we see the word Knowledge. A lot of people call this the ladder of faith. I would challenge and say I would call it the ladder of grace. 
because it's grace. Faith is right there at the bottom. That's the start of it all. But grace, you can't be temperate without grace. You can't be temperate. Well, you can't be diligent without grace. You can't truly walk in faith like you need to without grace. You can't truly walk in patience with your brother without God empowering you and helping you. I would say that this is the the ladder of grace, of God's supernatural empowerment. That's why he said it's his divine power or grace that has given us all things. Amen? Watch these next few verses. He that lacketh, verse 9, he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Some people in here where you have experienced the grace of God in your life, but you got a little comfortable in the way that you've been living. You got comfortable being content. And, and even though you've got knowledge, you haven't really let grace work like it needs to work. Is this okay? The Israelites had a problem because they loved the food in Egypt. They loved the meat in Egypt. But once they got uncomfortable and God put them in the wilderness, watch this. When God put them in the wilderness, literally, I think it's in the book of Numbers, it says they craved the meat of Egypt. Egypt is representation of the world. And what happens is when you get you get dissatisfied and you stop letting God's grace work in you and through you and noticing and understanding what he's doing in you and having knowledge of those things. You start looking back towards the world. You start craving what you once had and you crave it so bad that you would rather have it with chains than not have it at all. You can be craving it so bad that your flesh, your humanity wants Egypt so bad that the craving is greater than the chains. And you can desire that so much that you begin to miss out on what God's doing. Because even though you had knowledge, you stopped letting grace work. And that's what God is trying to tell Antioch. You've got knowledge coming out your ears like they had manna coming out their nose and their mouth. You've got so much knowledge. But don't stop letting your faith operate and grace work through you. They crave the meat of Egypt. They said, I'd rather have that meat with chains on than being out of it all in the, in the process of God in the wilderness. Because your flesh, your humanity can be so strong and it can pull you so strongly this other direction that you begin to crave what is comfortable, even though it represents bondage. And God is saying, you've got to be willing to be uncomfortable in my grace and walk in my grace in discomfort. Even though you might not get everything you want, I'm taking you to a promised land. I'm taking you somewhere you've never been. I've got precious promises for you. Verse 10, wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. How do I make my election and calling sure? How do I do that? By letting the ladder of grace work in your life. Watch. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You shall never fall. Now understand the difference between tripping and falling. There's a difference between when you fall on your face, your face for a second, but you get back up. There's a big difference between falling down and getting back up versus falling down and staying down and giving up. Some of you have been on such a roller coaster, up and down, up and down, up and down, and you've just been frustrated with the emotional roller coaster. The Bible is telling you if you will focus on these things and put that knowledge in your heart and your spirit and begin to let the grace of God begin to activate it in you, you will never lose. You might trip. You might find yourself stumbling, but the Bible says you shall never fall. That means you shall never die. You should dying spiritually. You will never have to give up. You will make it. We are not victims. The Bible says we are overcomers and the God has given you all the tools to be an overcomer, but you've got to receive it and walk in it. What good is a tool in my hand if I don't know how to use it? What good is a tool? Brother Whaley came up to me and gave me, I don't know, something I've never touched before and said, hey, I want you to go do something. I'll be like, my God, I want to lose my, my hand. <laughs> Brother Whaley, I, I like my hands. My wife likes my hands, I think. I don't want to lose them. 
you have to teach me. This is how it works. But as soon as I pull that thing back and I begin to turn it on, all of a sudden it's powerful and it begins to move and it begins to do what I can't do myself. But because I'm the one behind it, that it's leading and guiding, stuff begins to happen. Stuff gets torn down. Stuff begins to get cut. Some of you are sitting around right next to the tool shop saying, when is God going to put this in my hands? When is God ever going to use me? When is God ever going to tell me that I've got a plan? I've got a call. Let me tell you right now, in this word, it already tells you you've got a call. But you've got to have faith to get off your seat, get out your Bible, get into the prayer room. It's got to take you with some faith saying, God, empower me by your grace. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like the Israelites in the wilderness that fell in love with Egypt, fell in love with their flesh being comfortable with craving the meat that they once had, but they were still in bondage. I want to walk in liberty. I want to walk in the liberty of the Holy Ghost and be empowered and see signs and wonders. If you want to see people forever changed, let me help you for a second. Go to Romans 5 verse 1. Watch this. Therefore, being justified by faith. Let me hear you say justified by faith. The Bible says we are justified by faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What you don't understand, that faith, grace, justification, all this stuff is all tied together with knowledge. It's all tied together. When you get saved, how could you get saved if nobody ever came to you and said you need to be born again of water and spirit? How would they hear without a preacher? How would you know how to put your faith into something that you don't even know what it is? Being justified by faith. We know, and I'm not going to take too much time here and dive into this, but Bishop and Pastor talk about it all the time. Justified is a, a root word. It's closely connected to righteousness, which means in right standing with God. Justification means innocence. You are completely innocent with God. Your past, it's like it never happened. It's not even that you are guilty. It's not even that you paid a penalty, but you're so guilty. You literally are innocent. There's no record. It never happened. God said you're free and you're clean. That's what justification is. And you are justified by faith. Here's the problem. We go get baptized, but we don't really believe in the justification. We don't really believe we're innocent. We don't really put our faith in justification and innocence. So then we begin to struggle. I, all the stuff I did, all the things I thought, all the places I went, all the people I hung out with. We then begin to struggle with who we were. Because we didn't put our faith in his innocence. Literally when he died on that cross and that blood poured on the ground and that blood went all over the bottom of the cross. He literally was taking that blood and purchasing you. He was literally taking that blood. That was the the currency he used to purchase you so that you could be innocent with him and right standing with him. And put you back in the garden of Eden where you walk with him in the cool of the day. But it only comes by you having faith in the fact that he died on the cross for your sins and literally wipes you clean. It's not that my past hangs over my head. It's not that it still sits there and it's just this this thing in the in the corner with cobwebs all over it. No, it's completely gone. You've been free. But you got to have faith in the fact that God has freed you, that God has cleansed you. If you don't have faith in that, then it's not operating. What does that matter? Let's keep going. Watch this. Romans 5, 2 now says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We have access by faith into this grace. You can't be empowered by God without faith. You've got to believe because that is what grants you access. You can't get into the throne room and experience the innocence of God without believing that you're going to go to the throne room. Without stepping into it in the altar and saying, I receive it, Jesus. You literally have to receive it and believe it and speak it. That's faith. I believe, therefore I speak. If I really believe something, I'm going to talk about it. If I really believe I'm innocent, I'm not going to say, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe that they did this to me. If you're still talking about stuff that you're digging up from the past, you don't have faith that God has made you innocent. 
Because your mouth is now revealing where you really stand. Because as the mouth speaks, or as abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart comes out that reveals where your, your true faith is. So if you really believe that God has made you innocent, some of you've been carrying, oh, Lord, Lord have mercy. Some of you've been carrying stuff for 20, 25, 30 years, been holding on to some stuff because you haven't put your faith in the fact that he's made you innocent. But if you would let go of some stuff, if you would let go of some stuff, I'm telling you, there'd be an innocence. There'd be a cleansing. I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Let me talk about this for a minute. If you would let go of what you've been carrying, you've been carrying it for too long. You've been crippled for too long. If you would let it go, I'm telling you, if you'd let it go, God would make you innocent just by your faith. By your faith, he will make you whole. By your faith, he will make you innocent. By your faith, he'll start empowering you. You've been holding on to the same stuff for too long and here's the revelation that Paul tells us about he says I'm letting go of those things are which behind so I can reach forth to the things which are ahead here's the revelation you can't have what's ahead until you let go of what's behind because God leaves it just out of reach while you're holding on to what's behind that you can't get what's ahead That's the revelation. You literally can't have your past and your future at the same time. You've got to let it go. You've got to give it to God. And know God's made you innocent. That's how you step into things. I know I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm trying to help somebody. Trust me, I've held on to stuff too long myself. I've held on to some things for way too long. But when I realize that he has justified me, he has made it just as if I never did it. He has made me innocent. I am now whole. I'm not who I once was. I am washed by the blood. I am cleansed. I said, I'm not going to hold on to that anymore. I'm going to let that go because when you hold on to stuff, even what people do to you, it's like you drinking poison and waiting for them to die. You're only hurting yourself. You're not hurting them. When I hold on to stuff, even what they do to me, the Bible says, how can I forgive you if you don't forgive them? Here's the revelation. God can't justify you until you've justified them. I said, God cannot justify you until you justify them. Some of you don't like that. God literally cannot make you innocent until you've wiped them innocent in your mind for what they did to you. God wants you to be in right standing with them. I just heard this not long ago. You got, we always talk about where two or three are gathered together in my name. There also be, we always think that that refers to uh, location. That's not what that scripture is talking about. It's talking about unity. It's talking about when two or three come together in my name, together as one body and one accord, there I'll also be among them. Maybe his spirit has been held back because we have not justified others. So innocence is not flowing to the body like it rightfully needs to because we're holding on to things that other people did to us. We do not justify them. He can't, by his word, justify us. He said, I can't forgive you if you don't forgive them. Oh, I just don't talk to them. That's not forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you can weep with them that weep, when you can laugh with them that laugh, when you can dance with them that dance, when you can do what they're doing, when you can love them even when it hurts. Here's the revelation. You need to hear me right now. Here's the revelation. All that can happen through grace. All of that can flow in your life through God's grace working through you. When you begin to have faith in the fact that he's justified you, when you begin to have faith in the fact that his grace, when you say, God, help me by your grace to forgive them. Grace kicks in. It's not just about you laying hands on somebody and seeing them raise out of the, raise out of the casket. It's about you pulling out your brother out of their offense or their bitterness casket. Pulling them out of something that has been dead for so long. Dry bones live because by the grace of God, I'm going to make things right. Grace is you no matter what it is in every area of your life. Making you a better husband. Making you a better wife. Making you a better child, making you a better preacher, making you a better usher, making you a better care group leader, making you whatever God wants to make you to be. It depends for you to have faith in the fact that his grace still works. 
And it's not until you have faith in the grace, because now you've got knowledge that God said, I can't forgive. He will not forgive me if I don't forgive them. Now I've got that knowledge. I'm now growing in grace because now I believe what he said in his word. Now I'm going to act on what he said in his word and I'm going to make things right. And he'll come and dwell among us because we're two or three are to gather together in unity. There I'll be among them. That's what he's talking about is that there's got to be unity and grace helps me deal with people that get on my nerves. Grace helps me love people even when they drive me up a wall. Grace helps me with those family members that I cannot stand. It's grace that helps you with all those things. Romans 5, I believe it's 21, the very end of Romans. Look at how Paul ends this chapter. I'm trying to land the plane, trying to help you here. He says that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through. Somebody say through. Somebody say through. Grace reigns through righteousness. You can't walk in grace while you're still holding on to stuff. Because grace, literally righteousness, God's innocence, you being in right standing with God, is your grace channel. The the Greek word for through literally means a channel. So what that is telling me is that literally grace cannot operate in my life until I let go of some stuff, until I forgive some people, until I'm in right standing with God. Grace cannot truly operate in my life. It's like if I had a hose and grace is the water. If that hose is not there, the water's going everywhere. It has no intentional purpose. But when I have a hose, I have a channel. That water can begin to flow to healing. That water can begin to flow to growing a plant. That water can flow so that I can wash myself and be clean. That water will begin to flow intentionally. That's what righteousness is to you. It's a channel where grace will flow through your life to somebody else's, but only when you begin to get right with God will grace flow the Bible says that grace flows through righteousness and grace flows through knowledge I'm trying to help you because some of you I've had this journey myself you say oh brother you're young you've been here yeah I, I know I'm young but I'm hungry for the things of God I want his grace to operate in my life. I want to have a channel of righteousness flowing grace through it. I want a channel of knowledge where grace can flow through it. But I've got to make up my mind and make a decision that I'm going to choose to make these channels possible. It's not up to you to make grace work, but it's up to you to have a channel of righteousness. It's not up to you to make grace work, but it's up to you to make a knowledge channel so that it can flow through it. I'm putting the ball in your court because now you can't blame the preacher. Now you can't blame the usher. Now you can't blame your Sunday school teacher. It's up to you to make a decision. I'm going to grow in grace through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Some of you are saying, but I've tried. Let me help you. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to open my Bible, but nothing's flowing. I've tried to pray, but nothing's flowing. Again, the revelation is grace needs righteousness, innocence. You, by faith, saying, God, forgive me. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm letting it go. So grace maybe hasn't flowed in your prayer room. Grace maybe hasn't flowed in your study of the word. Maybe hasn't flowed in witnessing because you still have not gotten in right standing with God and forgiven some people. Because guess what? The moment you ask for forgiveness, God forgives you. The problem is, though, you've got to forgive others. And he holds back some things when you are not forgiving others because he says, if you don't forgive others, I can't forgive you. So your problem in the prayer room is not you. It's not there's something wrong with you. The problem in the prayer room is not, certainly is not something wrong with God. The problem is you've not cleared out some junk that's stopped up your channel. Your righteousness has been thrown to the side, but all it takes is picking it back up and saying, God, I forgive them. Forgive me. Let's move on and let this grace operate in my life.
It's that, thank you, Brother Barr. It's that simple. We overcome. Oh, maybe God doesn't think I'm smart enough. Maybe God doesn't think I've got a high enough voice to preach or to sing or to. No, I'm telling you, some of you have giftings that have laid dormant because God is trying to wait for you to get to a place where his grace can operate. There's stuff in you that you don't even imagine. There's stuff in you that God's been wanting to operate through you, but you've got to get the channel right. Some of you be shocked the gifting you have in singing. Some of you be shocked the gifting you have in teaching Bible studies. The gifting you have in praying people through to the Holy Ghost. The gifting you have in preaching. The gift. I'm telling you, God has got giftings, but you've got to open up the channel. It's okay. You've got to open up the channel because grace empowers you not only in ministry. Grace empowers you in everyday life. It empowers you to hear the voice of God, to to step out and do things you've never done. It empowers you to love people that you've struggled with. It empowers you to to, uh, do better on the job. It empowers you to even do better in natural things. This isn't just some superstitious spiritual thing. God literally will empower you by his grace, the divine influence upon the heart. Divine influence upon the heart. But you've got to check your channels. You've got to check those channels. Am I offended with anybody? Am I bitter about any circumstances? Am I upset by the way they looked at me, the way they talked to me? Am I upset by the way that they did things? Because grace becomes stagnant when I am not letting righteousness in my life. Innocence with God. Right standing with God. I'm saying 30 years you've held on to some stuff maybe you don't even know you've been holding on to it but if you will begin to search the deep places of your heart god will begin to bring it to the surface and it's going to be a process because forgiveness is not an event it's a process as it comes to the surface every time you go to the god give me the grace to heal them he begins to shave a layer off god help me god to forgive them the next day he shaves another layer off god help me to get this out of my heart he shaves another layer off before you know it six months three months you're looking down and the situation doesn't hurt to the touch because it's a process of God shaving God shaving God shaving God shaving down the things and his grace will shave it down for you you want to know when things begin to change in a church? It's when the people begin to operate in grace. Because it's the grace of God that takes a person and takes their pills and throws it on an altar. Takes that alcoholic issue and gives it to God. Takes those drugs and puts them in the trash can. It's the grace of God that delivers people. Because some of you have been frustrated. How do I stop? How do I stop doing these things? The moment, my God, I feel it coming on me right now. The moment that you say, I'm going to stop doing this. God, I have faith that you can help me. Let's say that this is some type of sin right here. Right here. Say it's some type of sin. And I cannot stop doing it. I just keep being drawn. Keep being drawn. Keep being drawn. I keep smoking that thing. I keep doing that thing. I keep looking at that thing. I keep saying that thing. And while you're sitting there going, stop, 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 stop. Oh, forget it. Because you're trying to defeat it in your flesh. You're trying to stop something that God has supernaturally empowered you to stop. When you say, God, by faith, I want to stop doing that. God, forgive me. I forgive others. God, help me right now to have the grace to stop doing that. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, there, the desire begins to, begins to be taken. Well, I don't even want it. I don't even look at it. I wish somebody would clap their hands. There's something in this place. God is trying to deliver some of you people because you keep going back to what God has delivered you from. And it's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God that will deliver you. Come on, clap your hands. There's something in the building. I want to know if there's some people where you keep being gravi- keep gravitating towards the sin. You keep gravitating. If you take this thing, say, you know what? By faith, let me tell you something. If you struggle with something, 
and you leave it in your house, you don't have faith that God's going to deliver you. Did I say that strong enough? You don't have faith that God's going to deliver you if you keep it in your pocket. Give me a break. You do not have faith that God's going to deliver you if you don't delete that number and stop talking to that individual that's trying to pull you into sin. You don't have faith. Don't tell me you got faith. You're not even trying. But the moment you have a struggle and you're sick and tired of it and you're asking God to help you, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God, I'm ready to stop messing with that certain thing. And you pick it up and you go throw it in the trash and you put it in the trash and say, you know what? Now at least I can't see it. All of a sudden, God's grace begins to kick in and he begins to take the desire away where now you don't even want it. It's not about stopping. It's about the desire leaving. It's God's grace that will deliver you. I wish somebody would dance. There is delivering power in the place right now. Come on, somebody clap. There is something happening. God is saying, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Jalen, you can come. I'm telling you, the grace of God is so powerful. Take your knowledge you just gained and go to the altar and shed some stuff. telling you in the Holy Ghost you put some things on the altar you lay them down you burn them you put them in the trash you get it out of your life the divine grace of God is going to begin to come in and empower you to do and be and not even desire what you once did I'm talking from experience some things I struggled with I knew I couldn't stop it in my flesh. I knew in my flesh I had no hope. But I said, God, your word says knowledge. Your word says you can deliver us. Your word says that you can change me. You said by the renewing of my mind, God, that's knowledge. When I began to activate my knowledge with faith and asked him to forgive me and let go some things go, because I'm innocent by the blood. When I let that stuff go, I said, God changed my heart. God changed my desires. He began to change it when I threw them out, when I cut them off, when I put them in the trash. Because he said, you know what? Now I can see your faith really wants this. I can see your faith really wants to be changed. I can see your faith really wants something from me. So I'm going to come down and I'm going to take the desire out of your life. But you got to show me by faith. Then my grace, then my grace will operate. You can't stop. You can't blame yourself anymore, God. Because God's already given you the tools. God's already given you everything you need to be empowered to shake free of your sin. Shake free of your, your trouble. Shake free of all the stuff you've been doing. The number one way that we receive righteousness with God is when we get born again by water and spirit. You've got to be baptized in the name because that cleanses you. You've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost because it fills you. When you get born again of water and spirit, that's when you get in right standing with God and then his grace can empower you for the rest of your life. But you've got to make a decision. You got to choose. I want to be different. I want to be changed. I want the sin out of my life. I don't want to think the way I used to think. I want a renewed mind, God. I want to be a transformed person. God is offering it in this building. I feel the deliverant power of the name of Jesus right here in this altar or at your seat. If you step out of your comfort zone, stop craving Egypt. Stop craving the meat because it still puts you in bondage. Step out in the, in the uncomfortable and receive the Holy Ghost. Receive what God has for you. If you've already got the Holy Ghost, you need God to empower you because you know you've been struggling. You know you've been living below your call. Talking to some people that have been living below their call because you have not let grace operate at the place that God has destined for it to operate. I feel right now in this building, if you will step out in faith, God is going to deliver you. If in your heart, if you don't physically have the stuff that's been holding you back, but in your heart you throw it out. If you physically got things on you, you need to go put it in the trash. Give it to God. Get it out of your life and grace will operate. 
Come on, young people, I'm preaching to you. I know I'm preaching to some young people. You've got to let some things go. You've got to put it in the trash. Burn it. Get rid of it. Come on, in this altar, grace is going to start to flow because you have stepped out. Because you made a decision, grace is going to empower you. I want all across the building, all across the building, before we go a step farther, with your hands raised, I want you to begin to forgive people. I want you to begin to ask God to forgive you. Let's begin to get some forgiveness flowing in the building right now. Come on, forgive. 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 Let go. Give it to God. Come on, God has made you innocent the moment you ask him. Come on, Kendrick, receive forgiveness. Come on, Kendrick, receive forgiveness. Receive it in the building. Receive that forgiveness that only comes from the throne, that only comes from that cross, that bled with blood all over the place. That's it, church. I feel the grace of God beginning to stir in such a way. I feel the deliverance power of the name of Jesus beginning to stir. You're going to pray like you've never prayed. You're going to see revelation like you've never seen revelation. You're going to step into ministries you never thought were possible. You're going to forgive people you never thought you could forgive. You're going to begin to have relationships restored that you thought were forever broken. Come on, I'm telling you, relationships are about to be restored in the building. Relationships about to be restored in the building. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, if you got a friend that needs the Holy Ghost, bring them to this altar and God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, you come to this altar and God's grace is going to fill you right here. Come on, we're growing in grace right now. Right now, you're growing in grace. Grow in grace.